Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, safe haven of the weathered boot, great coat hung high on the fox brass hook, foam gripped the dry interiors of the mind and send them reeling toward the moon underwater. Well, no sign of the lovely Robin yet, I have to say. And um, it's no surprise because I think he was elected this year and a moment of great pride for him to witness the annual swefting of the willow trees. And it's a sort of a ceremonial post, which uh, is a is a two year indenture. And I know he'd been working, working very hard to uh, achieve it so it was a team effort but um, he's he's going to be a little bit late today because I think the willow swefting was at the midden yard and uh, it's uh, well it's about two hours past the midden yard now but he should be coming in and I I would be surprised if he'd had time to remove his uh, regalias oh and yeah I can hear the sort of a bustling uh, to the rear through the gazebo and into the summer house and now in through the bar. Yes, hello, Robin. How are you doing? Oh, hello. Yes, I've just got a few sweft crumbs on me. I just need to dust off. Congratulations, man. How was it? It was good. It's quite hard swefting because my sweft tool is so small. Yes. But I like uh, I like the detail I can achieve with it. It's got very detailed engravings on the hilt, hasn't it? Yeah, really, it has. But um, It has, yeah. I realise we're probably leaving our listeners out. If maybe you could just talk them through what swefting is. Well, you've got a tree. Yeah. You picture that in your mind. The bark needs polishing. Yeah. And um, it's a bit like, do you remember that man who used to stand by the side of the A38? 
Yes. Uh, who pretended he was a ninja. Yes, with his chains and the lamppost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had nun- Did he have nunchuckers at one point? Yeah, he did at one point, and a, a helmet and some goggles, and I believe roller skates. If anyone remembers the ninja of the A38, please write in. He was quite a character, wasn't he? It's a bit, it's a, it looks a little bit like that. I kind of, I get my nunchucks out, my polishing nunchucks, uh, give the willow tree a good pasting mm. and it kind of and when it, when i finished it sort of it, it, it's kind of a decorative kind of narrative scene like a kind of hogarth yeah the picture in the tree is actually of me kind of decorating the tree yes um, and, 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 it, and in that picture is the, the picture itself of me decorating the tree and so on and uh, obviously i did tell people this is a bit of a goal of yours you've had for a while but what's the significance of the swefting to the wider oh, community <laughs> well you know Swefts come and go. The tree is uh, <laughs> the tree lasts forever, mm. but in in many ways it doesn't. So it's a reminder of the, the sort of uh, all things must pass. Really, is that's why it's important to people. Yeah, I I, th- I think someone once described it a past swefter as swefting of the willows puts the permanence in impermanence. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, swefting of the willows and you'll sleep well on your pillows is another saying. It yes, just... <laughs> yes. Well, um, so you it's it's two years. So you've done this. So you've done this year's Swift. Uh, is there anything you want to change next year? Oh, um, well, I'll probably do a simpler Swift. Yeah. And maybe add some colour, primary colours. Yes. A colour wheel. A colour wheel. And um, I have to say, your Milkmaid's Garland looks absolutely delightful. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, give you a chance just to dust off some of those crumbs, uh, Rob, because uh, our guest is on the way, and I did recommend that he take a detour past the recently swefted willow because it's not often you get to see it on the day of the sweft um so hopefully he got to take that in uh, along the meandering river and uh, in he comes and i can see a little bit of mud on his boots so he's obviously uh, checked out your handiwork and we're delighted to welcome to the moon underwater reese james hello reese Hello, hello. Sorry, I'm a bit out of breath from all the um, swift observing. Yeah, it's quite hilly round by the uh, the willows. Well, I got a bit distracted, so um, I sort of knew there was going to be swift-based chat, so I googled what swifting was. Mm. As I said, didn't want to be left behind like your listeners. And according to Urban Dictionary, it, is, um, it means to swipe left. Oh, does it really? That's a big part of it, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tinder as well. Trees become tinder. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but mainly I also got distracted by I wanted to see a picture of the ninja man on the A38. Yeah. Did you find one? No, um. but I did find a forum discussing the ninja man on the A38 on TruckNet UK. Really? By drivers for drivers is what <laughs> it says. And the most recent post is from November 2012. Mm-hmm. But he was still around in November 2012. So, you know, it's 11 years. He was selling uh, DVDs at one point, wasn't he? Well, (laughs) I used to pass the the ninja of the A38 quite a lot. He operated between Almondsbury and Rudgeway at a junction that leads towards Memorial Woodland near Yate. Very little is known, but he was selling... It was either a CD or a DVD uh, that were called Chaos Packs. And one of my great regrets is never buying a chaos pack from the unnamed lamppost whipper of uh, the A38. But I do hope he's okay because obviously, you know, there was something going on in his in his private life to 
to end up on the A38 sort of whipping chains against a lamppost. It was a very eccentric workout, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it really was. Very flamboyant. Yeah. Uh, but Reese, welcome to The Moon Underwater. I should point out uh, The Moon Underwater is a pub of the mind, a pub of the correct realm, where we invite guests to kit out their own pubs of the mind, which they then take out of this pub of the mind uh, into the other realm, and, and then it lives in their mind uh, for centuries to come, or as long as the mind itself lasts, if indeed minds do ever die. And Reese, you're a public man, but are you a publy man? Thoughts? I don't know that I feel like I'm a public man, to be honest. Well, you're very good at the old viral scene. <laughs> Something that I really struggle with is engaging with social media, but you do represent yourself very well, and clips of your fantastic stand-up go across the world, and your TV appearances and stuff. So does that feel like another realm within another realm, the online realm? Here's why, even though that is massively public-facing and putting myself as publicly as possible, it doesn't feel that public, is because how much of that is really me, you know? That's still just, you know, sort of shiny floor, sheen, TV-recorded stand-up comedy. You know, the real me is hidden. It's not even my name. No. (laughs) The real me is hidden beneath all of this. It's all artifice. It's all nonsense. So, you know, I'm a private, I'm a very private person. I like to keep my private life and the public life very separate. And mainly out of a lack of interest, I suppose, in the, in the private life. Do you get recognised, though, from the, the sheer virality of your, your clips? Most of the clips that go viral have gone viral in India. Right. So I'm not there a lot. So um, not massively. Although I imagine if I did turn up in India, I would get recognised, yes. Yeah. Or, I'd, you know, at least people would point at me. I always have probably a slightly false fear I'm sort of missing out on billions of pounds worth of income from not really engaging with the online realm. How much of it is promoting the work you do that's not online and how much of it is actually work in itself? Because I know someone who was sort of really big on TikTok. I didn't realise you'd get paid for going viral on TikTok. Yeah, so I looked in the old... There's a little... It's like a hidden thing. So if you have been going viral on TikTok, you look in your little creator fund... And I looked in it the other day, and you're right, there was billions in there. It was worth billions, all the clips I've posted that have gone viral. And what's worse is that all of those clips I've posted are owned by the BBC. And so I have no financial rights to them at all, but but they don't know. Well, I guess, I mean, they're all from Mock the Week, so I don't own any rights to them. How does that work? I don't know, but um, I'm keeping the billions, and um, I'd like to strike this sentence from the record. It's so (laughs) confusing to me. Like, How does all that work? Do you know how it works? Do you have like a social media manager or a team? Yes, just just saying yes because it helps if ever I you know say something bad in a comment or um, in a ah, caption. Yes, that, that was your. It team. isn't me. It's my team. I have a team sometimes, and sometimes it's me. And one of them sometimes gets really drunk and racist at about two in the Exa- morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just any criticism. I can't deal with there being any criticism on the in a comment of a video without me having replied to it, telling the person to fuck off. Right. Really? So there's like, sometimes other comics will send me screen grabs of my own comments on my own videos saying, oh God, I'm so jealous of your public persona that you can be this rude because that's your style. And I'm like, it's just, I, it's like you say, I just got pissed and 
told someone they were a prick. So just literally 10 minutes ago, someone on a video on TikTok was having a go at my skin. What? Oh, yeah, I've had a bit of that in the past. Weirdly, that's the only thing that's ever really bugged me, is people having a go at my skin. As if, like, do you think I intentionally got my skin to be really bad that day that I didn't know we had cameras in a radio studio? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's like... I sort of, you sort of don't mind it when it's something you can control, like your output. Oh, yeah. Do you ever have a kind of inkling with a, a bit or a, a gag that this could be one that catches on? Or is it, are you always kind of surprised by what catches on and what doesn't? Every single time I've thought that, I've been wrong. Yeah, yeah. Every time. And every time I've been like, this is it. This is so internet-y. This is yeah. so primed for the kids online. They don't, It gets completely ignored. And every time it's just like, oh, I'll just put this one up. It suddenly is the one that people seem to like. Mm. We'll get on to the Publi Man after this, but how much do you find that, like, a viral clip translates into sort of, like, people coming to tour shows or stand-up shows or whatever? It's sort of impossible to know, I think, because they don't arrive and then chant, video from 23 (laughs) weeks ago! Um, Streets of London! (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. They just are there. But the reason I started posting clips, reluctantly joining the fucking real brigade on Instagram because I had a tour coming up in six months time that was going on sale and I didn't want to go on BBC Radio Oxford at 6am to promote it to sell 10 extra tickets or desperately try and sell 10 extra tickets and so that's why I was like I'll just try and do what um, lots of other people have done and get loads of followers and hope that sells tickets and then and then the tickets have been selling out so who knows if it's because of that it's good to know that it means you don't have to do those awful local radio ads. Yeah, if you don't want to do those things, just post some clips of yourself. You've already done the work, John. You've already done the stand-up. It does remind me I've actually got a day of local radio interviews coming up. So maybe I should uh, maybe I should head into the viral meme gang. Yeah, man. I'm not sure what I have to say would be that relevant, though. Oh, nothing's relevant. No, things that people... Things that go viral aren't relevant. I'm not talking... All the things I'm talking about... I. I wrote the stand-up like seven years ago. So it's not exactly topical and relevant. It's just, you know. So the publy man, Bruce, yeah. where were your early pub forays, if I may? They were mostly at the Oak Tree in Harpenden in Hertfordshire because the Oak Tree was the pub that didn't care how young you looked and how young you were. And also for people who haven't yet got on the Reese James train... You do look young for your age anyway, and that has been a part of your stand-up in the past. So how, how young did you look at, like, 17? Oh, it's insane. If it, I'm 32, and people think I look 17 now. Yeah. So just do the maths. I, was, I looked none. I looked none years old <laughs> um, when I was 17. It was an absolute disgrace that anyone served me alcohol without checking ID on me until about a week ago. Mm. I can't believe it. It was like... In hindsight, because at the time, also, because you, the, the various IDs that you have to use to sort of fake this, I would use my older brother's ID for a long time, and he's three and a half years older than me. And so it was like, I wasn't even like I was, you know, 17 claiming, oh, I might just be a young looking 18 year old. It was, no, no, I'm claiming to be 20, almost at times 21. It was absolutely absurd. And then I got lucky because a boy in the year above, I was friends with some of the guys in the year above, and one of the boys in the year above, uh, I think he drove over the limit on a provisional license, got caught, and then told everyone in a sort of teenage way, 
told everyone, yeah, I had to go to court and the judge snapped my license in front of me in court, which obviously isn't true. Mm. And we knew it wasn't true because it was in our other friend's pocket while he was saying this because he'd <laughs> left it at his house. So everyone just went, oh, OK. And then everyone who was younger just passed around this ID for years because everyone looked the same. And so I got lucky because they were in the year above. I just got handed this guy's inverted commas snapped ID that I would just use for years until one day I went into a pub in Harpenden and we'd all got too old well as in I was still 17 but their year had now got too old and could work at the bar and his girlfriend (laughs) I didn't know they were going out I tried to get served alcohol using his ID to his girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) she said this isn't you and I was like yeah it is and I knew all the information so I was ready to say date of birth star sign address I think you could have styled that out really, really just, no, that is me. That's well, she me. was like, this yeah. is my boyfriend. And I was like, <laughs> I've missed I've missed you. <laughs> and don't you look wonderful today? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I was in um, Suffolk recently and we were in a small town. I won't say which town it was, but the pubs were, there was one pub in particular we went to where I don't think there was anyone older than 17 in it. Mm. It was absolutely mad. You can say the town, Rob. I don't think you're going to get a town in trouble. Oh, I, I just don't want to. I just don't want to get a town in trouble. I think you can get a town in trouble, but it's weird how that 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 does. You would you wouldn't think it does, but it does still go on. I think it's probably more of a rural thing. But I mean, yeah, it's definitely. because I mean, really, it's down to people like you protecting towns from censure. So actually, you might get in trouble for allowing those underage drinkers. Me? Uh, yeah. Are you two both seriously telling me that you didn't go into pubs under the age of eighteen? Oh, you didn't fake dear. your way in, bluff your way in and try and <laughs> drink alcohol. Ask me no secrets, I'll tell you no lies. Um, but yeah, probably from about 16, yeah. we were in the pubs in our local town. Did you have to have a sort of fake ID when you did that, or did you look old enough? I never had a fake ID. Did you have one, John? I may have had a fake NUS card, and I remember taking a friend's paper provisional licence <laughs> to a nightclub on a like a sixth form party but the thing was i used to dress so weirdly so i was wearing like a fake fur coat to this thing and i would have had like almost a mohican haircut it didn't look like a 16 year old would dress like that so that always seemed to distract from the id phase because the bouncers were already either taking the piss out of me or were so distracted by what i was wearing that I just tended to get through. What a good tactic. Just dress so insanely that they think no young person would ever put themselves through this. Mm. So this person must be have the confidence of someone in their 20s who has sort of just discovered themselves. I think Rob was at... You were at that, Rob. It was at the um, uh, the Corn Exchange in, in Bristol. Oh, corn, on Corn Street, yeah. Uh, I remember um, Sam, our friend Sam had a fake ID and it was literally, I mean, it was like a piece of paper. It was so fake looking <laughs> that the bouncer kind of just laughed in his face. I mean, it, I think it was laminated, but that's as far as it went. <laughs> Didn't he make one where, because our friend Sam was nearly a doctor of Photoshop, where he made one where one of his eyes was massive and one of his <laughs> yeah. eyes was really tiny. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So, Reese, we're going to start creating your dream pub now, and I'm going to ask you, firstly, for two draft options, please. Well, I want to sort of theme this pub a little bit Ooh. based on the conversation we've already had, which is I was sort of thinking about when... I like going to the pub. I do like going to the pub now. I think doing comedy and working at night slightly changes your relationship with pubs. And I was thinking, when in my life was the pub most exciting? And there's two times, which is, one, every Christmas Eve from about 18 to maybe 26 it was incredibly exciting but for the most part it was when i was 17 it was just like the most alluring exciting thing in the world and there was loads of different reasons for that but basically i would the pub i would want to create is just exactly the pub i would want when i was 17 oh i love it it isn't even really what i would want now at all but to Mm. try and just recapture that youth so my draft options are the sorts of things a 17 year old me would have (laughs) been able to sort of get and keep down which are peroni and that's the fancy option now i would never want a peroni in the as a 32 year old man but it would be a peroni and a cause light fair enough that's what i'm looking for on draft a 17 year old now i remember once in a nightclub slash pub called lloyd's in um you know a lloyd's in albans lloyd's was the kind of weatherspoons club yeah it was like a weatherspoons club wasn't it it was like um a step up from spoons. Yeah. It was a classy Yates's, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. It was basically yeah. a, a slightly nicer Yates's. And I remember going there with my friend Luke when we were 17, drinking. We'd never even heard of Coors Light. And it's got quite a fancy sort of flowy R in the mm. font. And so mm. we spent all evening ordering Cool's Light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a similar issue with uh, ordering Grotch uh, when I was... Yeah, there. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It just really ages you straight away. They just go, well, this kid who looks 15 is definitely not 18. He doesn't even know the name of the drink. Um, but then I was like, well, maybe I'm getting away with it. It's sort of like I sound like a bit of a geezer going, yeah, I'll have a Cool's Light. I'll have a Cool's Light, please, mate. And then, I don't know. None of it really worked. But yeah, I'd like uh, Cool's Light because you could absolutely knock back 10 of the pricks because there's basically no alcohol in them and a peroni for when i'm feeling oh, i want to mix it up a bit feel a bit fancy actually 
I don't mind a Coors Light. Uh, I, I feel like we might get some apple sours later on in, uh, oh. in this episode. Potentially, <laughs> oh, you're reading, <laughs> you're reading my notes app. Um, yeah, Robin, Coors and Peroni are sort of two ends of the lager spectrum. I have to say, I never drank draft lager, but I would every so often have a couple of bottles. And Coors Light, not a bad bottle choice for me if you get it ice cold, but Peroni was that sort of centre of the forehead headache. What, what's your experience of the two? I will still have a cause, it, particularly in the spoons. It tends to be the only kind of reliable one on tap sometimes. But, um, yeah, I never have Peroni. I just don't like it. It's so fizzy. Yeah. It's way too fizzy. What are your lager tastes now, just out of interest? Now I'd go for a stubby bottle of Red Stripe would be my first choice. Love those little stubby bottles of Red Stripe. Yeah. And uh, more, though, I would like... I'm in the I'm a, I'm a Beaver Town prick. I'm in the sort of Beaver Town <laughs> side of things, really. Yeah. So, um, Pint of neck. But I'd have a neck. I'd have a, a gamma ray yeah. um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which I frequent. They have a... They have a micro Beaver Town brewery in the stadium, and they have uh, one of their own. It's called is the name of the drink based on the popular Harry Kane song. He's one of our own, mm. and so often you know we'll all meet up for a pint of one of their. Uh, it's, it's actually embarrassing now. I say it out loud. <laughs> we'll meet up for a pint of one of their own afterwards if Harry Kane scored in a sort of five-one defeat. So what is what is one of their own? Is that is it rebranded Gamma Ray or is it a whole new drink? It's. Um, Similar to Gamma Ray, but a much lower percentage. So it's about four point something, whereas Gamma Ray is, what, 5.6 or something like that? Yeah, Gamma Ray was always a bit heady for me, I'm afraid. Mm. What's the deal with drinking in football stadiums these days, then? Not in view of the pitch. Right, 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 right. If you can see the pitch, you can't be drinking. And to, to the beer they sell is is, is it always at a certain ABV? Is that the, the vibe? I don't know. I don't think so. I think in the... Um, Inside the stadium, basically, it's all fine because you can get all sorts. You can get wine and stuff. You can get all sorts of stuff. So, in Spurs, though, they've got the goal line bar, which I never go to because that's where everyone goes and sings. But they have those things that fill up from the bottom. Oh yeah. So you go and do that, and then it's got like a hole in the bottom that then gets filled or whatever. And the idea is that they can do like a hundred pints a minute or whatever, mm. and it never. They just never work. So whenever you're holding it, you're just dripping. You're just dripping the pint out of the bottom, and then you're in a race <laughs> against. Gravity. So, at what league? Because I went to watch. I've only been to live football once. I went to watch Chesham United versus Hayes and Yedding, and you're allowed to drink in the stands there. So, mm. at what league are you no longer allowed to drink within view of the pitch? I would assume it's from sort of once you're in League Two and up. Maybe I don't know. Actually, I think it's definitely it started as a UEFA rule. So it was like it. I remember it being when I was younger. It was just European matches. You used to be able to take a beer. I think you feel like you used to be able to take a beer to watch and it would always be Budweiser which is one of the worst isn't it but especially the bottles and also at football it's all plastic bottles Mm -hmm. yeah which you lose about 20% on a plastic bottle Mm. of the taste it's awful and then yeah I don't know it's not that recent but you definitely can't it must just be sort of you know the professional tears and up do people sneak in little hip flasks or are they super tight on it would you get a ban yeah I think you'd get a ban if you got caught yeah I don't think I've not seen it done Now the shipping forecast issued by the Met Office. Viking, west, variable, two to four, occasionally westerly, five at first, east, northerly or northwesterly, four or five, becoming variable, two to four, west, slight, 
occasionally moderate at first, east slight or moderate, in west occasional rain, good occasionally moderate, north at Sierra, northerly or northwesterly four or five pints, occasionally lager at first, becoming variable two to four, slight or whiskey, occasional rum, desire becoming fervent, pubs, occasionally distant, south at Sierra, Pintily or north pintily, four or five, occasionally cider, becoming pubs two to four. Slight or moderately drunk, occasional rain. Pub, appearing in mist, variable. German bite, variable two to four pints, becoming cyclonic three to five pubs. Pubs or pubs. Rain later in pubs. Consuming mist, pubs. Pubs, pubs. Let's move on to bottles and cans in this wonderfully themed 17-year-old's pub. Well, need a non-alcoholic option. What finer than glass bottles of Coca-Cola? The finest way to drink Coca-Cola. Don't want it on draft in a pub. I would like it in a glass bottle, please. Do you know what, though? I think the best way to drink Coca-Cola is out of a cardboard cup, like a Starbucks cup. Hmm. No, I do like a... Yeah, I think the... um, like getting one in a service station is quite underrated, especially when you're hungover. One of those fast food Coca-Colas is excellent. Mm. But if I'm going to, I don't know, again, if I'm sort of feeling a little bit fancy, you know, I'll every now and then to this day will go and buy myself a little glass bottle from the corner shop. And there's something about using a bottle opener for a Coke that you just feel like, ah, I'm richy rich. <laughs> it does feel, especially with those small 200 mil bottles, like a phenomenal waste of resources to essentially yeah. <laughs> transport a shot of Coke from the bar to your glass. What what mill are we talking, please? Oh, at least three three thirty. Three thirty mil. Three thirty. Yeah. I think the classic, the, the sort of classic full sizes. But then you can get those sort of like, you can get those sort of Mexican ones that are long. Oh yeah. Actually, mm. I no, I, I was going to say I want those, but it, no, I'm seventeen. I wouldn't have even heard of Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Mexico is the stuff of a madman's dream. Exactly. Uh, your second one, please. Well, I'm 17, so Magnus. Magnus. Yes, I don't mind it at all. Magnus. We're talking value for money. Magnus, it's bigger than a pint. Mm. This is the thing, when you're 17, you're always like... The, the thing when you're 17 is you can't get your head around getting like a rum and coke or something because it's like eight quid and it's just three sips. When you and you don't understand sort of alcohol content at seventeen, whereas when you're seventeen, you're like, well, it's only at the time three pounds for a full massive glass of something yeah. or a massive bottle of lovely apple juice. <laughs> so it was all based a lot of it on price and just what was easiest to drink. Reese, what was your first Edinburgh Fringe? When did you first go up? Two thousand and nine. Right, because two thousand and five, when think when John did so, you think you're funny. It was sponsored by Magnus. Oh, that was the beginning of the Magnus scene. Ah, that was what, when they sort of launched? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do remember it. Suddenly, like, it came out of nowhere when I was that age. Mm. So it suddenly was just like Magnus was just invented and then just pushed on everyone. TV adverts galore. Yeah. When I was, actually, I sort of started on it when I was sort of 15 drinking in a park. Would have been Magnus. And then you sort of, you know, you carry that on into a pub. And also it accommodates for the sort of other 17-year-olds in the group who haven't yet moved on to... Haven't got a palate for lager yet. Mm. I'm trying to work out what was the alcohol sponsor in 2009. I, I think it Copperberg might have been after that. It could have been. Was it the um, 
Disarono year. Maybe maybe Disarono was after maybe. that. Maybe. 2009. I was just up in Edinburgh doing like competitions and stuff. When I did my first solo show, it was Foster's, was the sponsoring the award. Mm. Yeah. Big Foster's year. Big Foster's year. But I, I remember an Aperol Spritz year, maybe 2012. Yeah, quite recent Aperol Spritz, I think. And possibly maybe- a... A Krabby's year? I want to say a Krabby's year. Ooh. There could have been a Krabby's year. And this wasn't really like official sponsorship of the festival, but alcohol brands would, would basically want to have a big presence in Edinburgh. So lots of these sort of um, those big umbrellas in the sort of outside bars would be sponsored by them. You get lots of... The Disarono year was, was extraordinary because it felt so unlikely mm. that young people would start drinking Disarono. Well, that's right. There's one... Yeah, the Bristol Comedy Garden, when I went to see you, John, and they were pushing Laphroaig, like a yes. really smoky, peaty whiskey. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. The kids are going to get really into that. Which is, I think, the thing you're least likely to drink in, in a sort of blazing hot summer <laughs> festival. <laughs> uh, but it's, I guess it's just to get it out there. I wonder what's next. Mm. We've often sort of thought about what might be the next sort of... Um, back of the cabinet liqueur to try and reignite itself. Is it time for Campari? Yeah. Well, actually, Campari are already sort of doing this. The Negroni is getting quite popular. Oh, yeah. Pop, um, menswear brand Percival did a, uh, I believe they <laughs> use the word collab with Campari. And they've got all these, like, really nice sort of fancy knitwears that just have the Campari logo across the middle. Wow. So, I mean, they're sort of like... It looks cool. They're sort of trying to look cool, Campari again. And there's all like people have, there's that Campari poster that people in East London have up in their houses. Mm. Sort of the, um, like the uh, sort of old vintage looking one. Yeah. 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 Like uh, when we were students, it was always Le Chat Noir. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So, so far in Reese James's. Pub of the mind of the past, mm. pub of teenage years, has Peroni, Coors Light, 330ml glass bottles of Coke and Magnus. But before we expand Reese's memories, we've got to expand our own minds with the Moon Underwater pub quiz. Robin. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Thanks, John. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. This week, it is I, Robin, the patron saint of pub quizzes, because that's right, this week, the pub is all about patron saints. I didn't write that sentence very well, did I? Uh, So, um, the UK and Ireland have four patron saints, Andrew, David, George and Patrick. But did you know that this quartet of saints, or saintet, are also patron saints of lots of other things too? So in this quiz, I will give you three things... And you have to tell me which of the four busy saints patronise them. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm. good quiz. I, I would have liked you to done all four, actually. Shall I add four? Yeah. Okay, I'll add four. I'll add four. Okay, cool. So then you can kind of narrow it down. Mm. Okay, question one. Which of the four British and Irish patron saints is often invoked against snakes and is also the patron saint of paralegals? Huh. 
There you go. Could you just name those four saints again, please? So you've got Andrew, Scotland, David, Wales, George, England, Patrick, Ireland. Good stuff. Thanks, man. And question two. Which of the four patron saints is also the patron saint of singers, minors, pregnant women, and is a protection against sore throats? Huh. Okay. <laughs> and question three. Which of the four patron saints is also the patron saint of syphilis? And question four. Which of the four patron saints is also the patron saint of vegetarians and poets? So there you go. Four questions, four saints. You do the maths. Oh, superb patronising pub quiz there as we were asked to match the saint with the troubling condition in uh, in, in some uh, examples there. Folks, we're going to return to Rhys James's Dream Pub in the second half of the podcast. But just a reminder, if you want to hear Rhys's Dream Pub companion and get access to Behind the Cellar Door, our bonus podcast, and also video footage of our 100th episode with Ellis James, then do head over to moonunderpod.com to support us on Patreon. So, Robin, who's the patron saint of Patreon? You, you are. It is me. It's Saint John Robbins. St. John. St. John Robbins, the patron saint of paying £6 a month for extra content. And also, I can be invoked as a protection against IBS. Good. Doesn't always work, uh, but if you're having a flare-up, just sound... <laughs> just you email having, you. If you. Yeah, if you're having a flare-up, just email me, john at moonunderpod.com. <laughs> And I will do my best to uh, reply with some herbs and ointments that I recommend. But we will see you back in part two. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.